Reading in Church, a proud partner with Audible.com. Previously on Reading in Church and Other Distractions. You don't know when it's, when he's going to come back. Okay. You don't know the day or the hour. So the the reference to the thief, and then last week we read about the return the of the bridegroom. So yeah. Several different unexpected... Uh, that keep awake just mm-hmm. was exactly... That's the, how the bridesmaids ends, yeah. right? Keep yeah. awake, therefore. Right. And evidently they were drinking. Uh, well, <laughs> well, I don't know. Five of them. All five. Boy, that's the problem. Well, wait a minute. What do you got in that little reservoir where there's supposed to be oil? <laughs> now we know what was in their flasks. <laughs> Why do you keep tilting that back? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, connect the dots, people. <laughs> it's all there. Yeah. Just like uh, 5-3 when they say peace and security, United Nations, one world government. <laughs> You know, we were doing well there for a second. <laughs> Off we were, the rails. You were doing okay, and then you got triggered again. Poor yeah. guy. What are we doing back here on the track? On track. Let's get off. Let's get this train off track. Uh. Welcome to Reading in Church and Other Distractions with Rob and Mike. Well, welcome back to Reading in Church and Other Distractions. I am Robert Wallace. I am Michael McKeever. And this is our, makes a full year of recordings that we have done. Next year's next week is That's our birthday. That's to let us know there's another lap. One lap. Next year is our uh, next year starts next week for us. Next year starts next week. That's right. Yeah, yeah. which is year B. Year B. Wow. We have completed year A. Been on to the consonants. I can. <laughs> it is amazing to me that we have done this 52 times. The odds. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> considering. <laughs> and that people keep listening. And you know, I bet if we go back and listen to some of those early ones, oh, I think, well, I don't think we really have we were We would be mortified. Complete, I have no doubt. <laughs> it would be Yikes. It would be difficult. But this is the 25th Sunday after Pentecost wow. and the last of them after Pentecost. We're about to start something new soon. Uh, the proper 29. And this is Reign of Christ mm. Sunday. So Christ this is big... Big time apocalyptic stuff here, right? This is big time eschatological stuff, I should say, uh, that we got going Yeah, on. so is Advent. <laughs> that's so, a good point. So, uh, yeah, actually... Well, that's the point. As we learned from our liturgical colleague, the yeah. first Sunday of Advent is the last Sunday, uh, I mean, the last Sunday of the year and the first Sunday of the year are the same, that where we're going is where we've been. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that what he said? Yeah, that's what uh, he said. I mean, it was a year ago, but I think that's what he said. People say that about me, but they mean something different. So. Not really? Where you're going is where you've been? Yeah. It usually means you get lost is what yeah. that usually yeah. means. So mm-hmm. that's something else. Well, hope that you have had a good week. Hope you will like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and send us an email. Emails our questions. Have you checked the mailbag? And usually it comes recently? to me. If I go and check it, it's oh, okay. empty. Right. I can a... check it now if you want. You okay. Well, go you... ahead and check the mailbag. Anything <laughs> nope. in the mailbag? Nope. Okay. Well, that's, that's disappointing. <laughs> but please send an email. We'll happily engage there. Uh, anything we should we should talk about? I mean, we're getting ready for our trip out to Boston, which is exciting. In fact, by the time you hear this, or by the time this Sunday's yeah. text are being read, oh, we will have completed surprise. our I go, trip. That's next weekend? That oh is gosh. next weekend. Oh. We will be descending upon the city of Boston. You know, like I, I was thinking, as we talked about email, I'm always 45-second leg. I know. I think people can ask questions on our on our webpage, too. You know, they I can. Think, I think that's what people are more likely to but do. But then it's public. Twitter, or that's true. Yeah. Well, it's going to be public anyhow. That's true. <laughs> it's just That's a fair point. Earlier. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> you ran circles around me logically on that one. <laughs> well, you know who's asking it, though. That's true. You? That's we true. We just get first names on the way in and we read the mailbag, according to mailbag protocol. That's the way I think it should yeah. be done, yeah. for sure. Okay. Well, I'm ready to go if you're ready to People go. You ready ask to go? more questions if they do through. So you can, you can ask those questions any way you want. You can. Yeah. However you want to contact us, we're happy to yeah. answer questions. Yeah. So. All right. Ezekiel. Jump into this? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't. I didn't do the the text. I'm sorry. Ezekiel 34. Oh. I should say selections from mm-hmm. Ezekiel 34. 
and Psalm 100. Um, I do think it's interesting that in the consecutive reading, which is what we're doing, it's Psalm 100, and in the, I don't know what's the non-consecutive reading would be called, but I'll call it the non-consecutive reading. Mm-hmm. We do Psalm 95. Yeah. The beginning of Psalm 95 and Psalm 1, they're very similar psalms. I mean, they actually are, it's like, you know, Second Peter and Jude, they're sitting too close together in prophet uh, class okay. kind of similarities. Yeah. So yeah. I just find it interesting that they double Ezekiel, oh. but instead of doubling the psalm, yeah. they pick two psalms that are it's exactly a, the same, or almost Ezekiel exactly. Ezekiel or, it, or Ezekiel. psalms that are basically the same. Exactly. Yeah. I thought that's an interesting choice by them. Then Ephesians 1, Ephesians, so we're not Thessalonian anymore. We are Ephesianing. Did you know that? I did. Okay, and, good. I, just, and <laughs> I think we should make a pact that none of, not, since we're just dipping in, it's a one, it's one and done. We we are not asking the other person to provide all the context. Okay, well, I think that's fair. That's fair. This is a one hour podcast. And then uh, Matthew twenty five, the big climax, right? The mm-hmm. big deal in Matthew. Yeah. That's where we've been heading with goats and <laughs> other yes, animals with sheep. So, so let us do uh, Ezekiel, a book that makes me terribly nervous. Uh, just to even think about. Um, and I will warn that the rabbis said you must be 30 before you could read the book yeah. of Ezekiel for fear that uh, lightning will come out of the text and consume you. Uh, or likely before you get around to it. This is certainly a uh, a book with adult themes. Uh, we are not doing any of those chapters, thankfully. Um, right. But I would rather do Song of Songs than Ezekiel in a senior adult center, just personally. Uh, yes. It yes, is really, that. really... Whew, Ezekiel. That image sidetracked me last time you brought that up. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm rolling with it this time. I'm just saying that what Hosea was willing to leave to the imagination, Ezekiel is more than happy to give you details on. And You need to be old enough for Ezekiel and too old for Song of Solomon. Absolutely. So, But go ahead. This is a safe right. part. This is okay, a, a right. nice thematic reading that we're doing with Matthew. You'll pick up says, on it instantly. Okay. instantly. I will start then. <laughs> For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. I think, think they're over this direction. Yeah, that's good. That's good. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the watercourses, and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. Hmm. I will feed them with justice. Then skip a bit. Okay. (laughs) Therefore. (laughs) Yeah, right after we've skipped three verses. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. I see where this is going. Yeah. Because you pushed with flank and shoulder and butted at all the weak animals and with your horns until you scatter them far and wide. I will save from my flock and they shall no longer be ravaged and I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God and my servant David shall be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. There you go. I have read this chapter many times, and it oh. strikes me as 
maybe I didn't read the whole thing. That's interesting. <laughs> maybe it's just because I'm, I don't know, just dropping in. What is yeah. it that strikes you? It's it's a common it's a common sort of uh, well, it's one of the common places, <laughs> one of two that you go back to in Ezekiel uh, when you're talking about Jesus' ministry. Um, oh. Being the shepherd and oh, okay. a lot of the context, little echoes of it when you get to Jerusalem, and also mm. trying to think of other things. Well, I'm th- it reminded me of uh, what he says about his mission in Luke when he's when he at the conclusion of the uh, uh, is it Zacchaeus, yeah, Z- the Zacchaeus passage. The Son of Man came to search out and seek out oh, the lost sheep yeah. of Israel. Yeah. Well, this is a, and it's an unusual passage in an unusual place. It it is in Ezekiel. Uh, much of Ezekiel is judgment on Judah for their mm-hmm. for their disobedience, um, and then right after the destruction, right after Jerusalem is destroyed, Ezekiel immediately turns to judgment against the nations who caused this, mm. and so you get oracles against Tyre and oracles against Babylon and oracles okay. against all the way through these other nations. Edom comes right after this, but in the middle of this these oracles against the nations, which is not an uncommon feature of prophets. A lot of the prophets in the Old Testament have these sections of oracles against the nations and um, Assyria. Because they're always spouting off. That's, that's right. That's well, what you do if you're a prophet. If you, well, yes, it is. Oracles. <laughs> so are we doing a Geico commercial again? Yeah. yeah. You <laughs> guys what, getting this? <laughs> it's what you do. Uh, but no, the, the nations are always judged by, you know, how they're using what God has given. And if ah. they're being exploitive with it, judgment comes on them, which they always are. And it always does. And so... <laughs> Um, it's just the way it is. You know, people, you get power, you get position and they use power and position to get more power and position. And that's Psalm remains the same. It really does. Um, but in the middle of this Oracle against the nation, there is this sort of dropped in, um, Oracle against leadership in Israel. Bad shepherds. So exactly that these shepherd, and I love that, um, trying to think if you said it in this passage, as I was reading earlier, I don't think you did, that there's this judgment that is passed on the shepherds who have basically pastured themselves on their sheep yeah, um, yeah. and consumed right. them. Mm-hmm. And and so that is the people that God is going to be judging between are these, these, these bad shepherds. Yeah. Um, well, we just read this, my John class, it's a background for John 10, the good shepherd. Okay. Yeah. You know, the bad shepherds of the background. Okay. And so that's what's happening here with the with God seeking out these these sheep and judging these bad shepherds. He says, God, I'm doing it myself. I will be the shepherd, is what he says. That's it. Yeah. That's, I'm going to so do this. I'm going to do it myself. He says, yeah. I'm going to set them one shepherd. And then he says, my servant David, which mm-hmm. is interesting because mm-hmm. most of the prophets talk about, well, they allude to a king like David, right? It's always from Micah, but you, Bethlehem, out of you will go. Yeah. So, you know, that allusion to David. And here in Ezekiel, it's not an allusion to David. It is David. And it's here and it's in um, Ezekiel 37. In both places, it's not someone like David. It's not a mess. It is expressed as David is going yeah. to do this. Mm-hmm. And most of the commentaries I've read interpret that as, you know, someone like David. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not actually David. He's just bound off. You know, um, and, and I think that's probably right. But it is interesting that Ezekiel is that one book that we get. Uh, resurrection. We mm. do get resurrection of the nation. Mm. We don't get resurrection of the individual, but mm. but to have a book which talks about resurrection and then brings up David does. Uh-huh. I mean, to me, it, it is an interesting choice. Um, they're probably right. do right. he probably is thinking king like David, and he's using it 
When, was that being metonym? That's probably not a metonym. That's probably something else, some other linguistic term that they're using mm. using a name to part represent something. Yeah, metonyms part for holes. metonymy. Yeah, synecdic. Isn't that a place in New York? Yeah. Doesn't the, yeah. that one of the train stops in New yeah. York? Synecdoche. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a movie called Synecdoche oh, in okay. New York, and it plays with meanings like that. Oh, cute! I didn't part know that. for hole. And it's okay. all about, oh gosh, it's a confusing movie. It's all about like the whole world is in this little place. It's, it's, it's mind boggling. Is it like the matrix only? <laughs> it's the guy, oh, I'm going to forget okay. who the director is. All anyway, right. I, <laughs> I won't, I won't, I won't pull it's that a deep out of So is, has, is Eco 38 been read in the other readings? 37 has. Oh, 37. That's 37 was earlier this year. I think it was okay. during Passion. I mean, Resurrection. Oh, 37. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. We just heard that in church last week. Well, I don't think we're strictly following. That. It doesn't seem like you're you <laughs> yeah. are strictly following strictly. the lectionary. No, um, no. I think, as I recall, we did that for Easter. We did his ah. resurrection. Ah, okay. From Ezekiel thirty-seven, it was a while back, but hmm. um, yeah, I think that's when we did it. But yeah, so that hasn't been read yet. Mm-hmm. But it is still interesting to me that David is being being represented here. Yeah, uh, I never thought about that. I just thought it was like David. Yeah, well, you would think it would be like David, but it never says that. I will mm-hmm. set up my servant David, and my servant David shall be a prince. And then thirty-seven, it's my servant David, and okay. So probably, um, I think we mentioned that Psalm one ten. The rabbis saw that there were two thrones. Thought of them two thrones being mm-hmm. in the you know yeah. the heavenly yeah. kingdom, one for God and one for David, um, or Davidic Messiah David. And for them, I think that was the same thing. So I'm going to move my equipment so my readings yeah. right in front. This should sound yeah. well. <laughs> this is this will make good good audio as we <laughs> rearrange things while we're talking. Unplug. Okay, you got it. You good? I think so. Okay. Not ideal. I wonder what I did last last week. I had this right in front of me, my little iPad with my text on it. Oh well. So I don't know what I want to. You know, (laughs) I don't know what I want to say about this beyond that. So, well, it's it's pretty pretty much an indictment. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, exactly. it's that same indictment God brings on on leadership always, that what are you doing with this leadership? Yeah. Are you improving yourself with this leadership, yeah. or are you using it for others? And yeah. Are you using your gifts for others? It shows up. It's like, wait, is that kebabs I'm smelling? <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> what? We weren't supposed to eat the what? sheep? No, no. You're supposed to take care of them. Yeah. I will feed them with justice, he says. Yeah. Feed them. Yeah. Wow. Balance those scales out from mm. the people that... Bad shepherds. Yeah, don't be a bad shepherd. Don't, That's the lesson there. That's the takeaway. Yeah. Be a yeah. good shepherd. Don't yeah. be a bad shepherd. That's probably a part of a entry level question. Uh, do you eat the sheep? <laughs> <laughs> That's worse than losing the sheep. It really is. <laughs> the guy's taking notes, right? So eating. Oh, so no. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Don't eat the sheep. Don't, yeah. don't eat the sheep. Yeah, we had in mind more of a shepherd who would lay down his life for the sheep. So. <laughs> We'll be in touch. Not the shepherd who <laughs> takes the life of the sheep. It was just a misunderstanding. Cell phone technology is still not what it needs to be. No shawarma so. for you. <laughs> that is one of the meats I can eat that I'm not allergic to, though. Is that so right? I wouldn't mind eating lamb. Oh. Wife loves lamb. Yeah, I like lamb a lot too. So does my wife. <laughs> now you've made me hungry for lamb as we read this passage about sheep. Look what you went and did. We've ruined the whole passage. That's true. That's true. That was the bad people eating the sheep and was the lamb. But have you tasted this stuff? It's delicious. But, but, the, but seriously, though, you got to try this. I get it. I get it. it's not ideal, but try the shawarma. Oh, my.
right, I'm ready to go to Psalm right. 100 if you like. <laughs> Clearly. We are already Unfortunately, we have a, we're not getting, just so you know, we're not getting too far from the sheep, so okay. keep going. I'm going to read Psalm 100. And then I say I have Ezekiel 34 coming up again. Yeah, well, in our, in our yes, we've already done that. Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. See? There's sheep again. Enter his gate with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Mm -hmm. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. There you go. The only text that's out of step here is Ephesians. Like, come on. Oh, really? There's no sheep in Ephesians? No sheep in there. Yeah. (laughs) No. No. Well, it's... uh, This one's pretty straightforward, right? I mean, this is... No, Yahweh is God. That's important. Um know that we belong to God, that we're the sheep of God's pasture and that issue of dependence. Um, I do think that there's an issue that I think you get in the message better than you get in the more literal Mm -hmm. translations. And that's in verse four, you have enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, give thanks to him and bless his name. I've read this in the message. What is it? Uh, Enter with the password. Thank you. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my students always, you know, they hate that. They just like, no, no, you've you've changed it too much. But I always try to make up the point that that what Peterson was trying to do that in that passage was to convey the significance of gates hmm. in the old in in uh. in the ancient world. I mean, this is a world of Psalm one hundred is is in the uh. book four. It's one of mine, and certainly they would have been well aware of the warfare of the day, the siege siege warfare which dominated. Uh, your your walls were the most important part of your city and your gate was always the most mm-hmm. vulnerable. And so you want multi-chambered changing of direction gates and everything you can to to protect the city. You don't let someone in your city you don't trust. You don't go yeah. through the gates unless hmm. you are are trusting them. And so this enter his gates with thanksgiving is not just a go hang out where God is as it is a statement of God's regard for you in the sense that he is, hmm. there's, there's an aspect of trust in that, oh. that if you're entering God's gates, God is trusting you to enter into God's <laughs> gates. He knows you're okay. not an, an enemy. You're a friend is All what right. that means. Okay. Um, you know, speak friend and enter. There's a little Lord of the Rings drop there, just in case you were curious. I always heard the magic uh, word was please, but uh, no, it's, it's Malon. It's the elvish word for friend. Okay. Um, <laughs> I won't drop too much Elvish uh, as we go. Um, Elvish mic drop. <laughs> but I think that's significant, this notion mm, of, okay. of trust that, that we have coming into the gates. And I think that comes out in... now. Look Does he at say me. he's saying about courts? What does he say? Uh, enters courts with praise. Um, courts is literal, but thanks. <laughs> well, no, I think courts is obviously, again, that notion of presence. and yeah. royal. It's a royal yeah. picture, mm-hmm. courts. Um but now let me take a moment like tennis courts to think in ter- <laughs> to think in terms of revelation okay where the gates they're always open they're always open yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's that's significant it's one of those other those fancy word paradoxes thingy, yeah. thingies we've been talking about fancy words why? words about words yeah why autonomy synecdoche paradox what i is- think it it uh, what's the point of the gates always being why <laughs> first of all why do you have gates if you never close the gates <laughs> But secondly, uh, what's the point of gates being open? Yeah. Well, it is a uh, using traditional language to talk about how things are different now, that evil has been vanquished from God's creation. Right. So there's no... Yeah. So it is... Again, there's that sense of trust. There's a lot of... Yeah. There's a lot of... There's a lot of good connotations of walls and, and gates and stuff like you. You're not getting rid of those, but you're, the gates are always open because they can be. 
Yeah. You know, there's no, there is no, uh, there's no enemy. There's no evil in God's creation by the end, by yeah, the end of that vision. New creation. Yeah. yeah. And the nations can stream into it and bring good stuff. Yeah. I think that's the, yeah. I think that's the image here as well. Mm-hmm. That the image of trust and that God's gates are open. Yeah. Um, yeah. And right. I, I think that's, I mean, I don't think I've ever consciously. I think that's in our identity statement now that I, <laughs> I think I wrote that up with some of that imagery from Revelation. Oh, oh yeah. About who we are as a university. Yeah. I think that's in there. <laughs> really? About our gates? Yeah. We both, re- you wrote the Old Testament section. I wrote the New Testament section. Oh, yes, section. yes. <laughs> Neither of us read the other. <laughs> I didn't read that part. Yeah. Sorry. I just read my part <laughs> that I wrote. <laughs> that I, I, I don't think I've ever consciously read Psalm 100 with Revelation ah, 21, okay. but I think mm-hmm. that it, there might be something to that. Yeah. That here with God's presence is yeah. that sense of trust and yeah. openness and yeah. mm-hmm. um, friendship. Yeah. There's a, there's a, uh, there's a rabbinic writing. What is it? Uh, I forget what it is, but it talks about holy places. Oh yeah. And Israel's land is holier than the other land and the city's holier than the land and, and uh, a walled city is holier than an unwalled mm-hmm. city. And mm-hmm. the, the walled city of Jerusalem is the holiest you know, of all. And then it goes from there into the sanctuary. To the, to the holy of the holies. The courts and then the, you know, ultimately end up in the shrine. Right. You know? Of course in Revelation, the whole building the whole, it's the holy of holies. The whole city is shaped like the inner shrine or the yeah. holy of holies. So yeah, yeah. That you you blew my mind that time when we yeah. when you brought that. Up. Oh, the I other never... church who thinks it's a pyramid. <laughs> okay, I'm not listening to them. Church down the street. But th- this is a really, I mean, that that to me, the wall's purpose is to let you know you're not missing the shape, right? I mean, that's kind of what it's, it's like the walls are. By the way, it's shaped like the holy. Oh yeah, of holies. yeah. If we didn't have helps. walls, yeah. I wouldn't know what the shape right. would be. Right? Yeah. It's shaped yeah. like the holy of holies. Right. Oh, okay, right. I get it now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cube. And it is. It's a cube. That's Perfect. really neat. Cube, that cubed numbers are significant in Revelation and cubed shapes, and there's nothing that's not without significance. In and, Revelation. Well, that, that sense that all of creation is temple, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, and right, that right. which is the vision God has, I think, in Genesis one, where cre- Genesis one is portraying in many ways yeah. temple mm-hmm. being created, that where yeah. God is going to dwell with the people, and that that gets delayed for sixty six mm. books or more if you're a Catholic. Yeah. Until you get to the end and that finally you get that consummation of yeah. finally I get to hang out with you people. Yeah. I've been trying to do this since, you know, Genesis 1. Yeah, but, but then, yeah, that yeah, later that day on, you know, in the afternoon, we were walking in the garden and then things went downhill. Yeah, well, that's that's true. <laughs> it wasn't later that <laughs> Two day. Two o'clock, day six. <laughs> <laughs> right? It was maybe a smidge later than it that. But yeah. South. Um, yeah. But I think that's, yeah, I think that's important to yeah. talk presence. about that. Rela- yeah, that mm-hmm. notion of presence with mm-hmm. God and that that's what... God is trusting us into the presence of God. Okay. Yeah. Enter his gates with okay. thanks. And, and, you know, our attitude is one of gratefulness and mm-hmm. one of praise and blessing, but it's, I think also uh, it's be, there's relational. Yeah. There's a, there is a relational quality here that it doesn't come through in English. Sometimes I think that we're entering with Thanksgiving, we're entering with praise, but God is letting us enter. Yeah, you know, which yeah. is right. which is an important part of this. They would have heard that we don't. Otherwise, we'd be on the outside in darkness. All those weird people with those weird people with the clothes that week. don't match, and, <laughs> and the those bridesmaids with flasks yeah. full of who knows what. If there yeah, wasn't oil in what? it, exactly. But yeah, yeah. This God has actually opened the gates. Pretty and soon, some goats are going to show up. Let us in. <laughs> let us in. Well, don't jump to the goats. Okay. So all right. But I don't have any more to say about this. It's That's a beautiful. This is stuff. a beautiful, simple. So I, when I was doing my dissertation on book four, I could not believe 
how many book four Psalms people quote. Oh, I mean, yeah. it, it, I was, of course, then I see it everywhere, right? It's like when you, you buy a car and you start seeing that model every place. Yeah. All, all of my Psalms are yeah, every place. Right. I mean, whether yeah. it's Psalm 90 or mm-hmm. 95 or 100 or okay. 90, 99, I mean, people are quoting particularly yeah. 90 to a hundred. Those are what? really big ones. Is this a pilgrim Psalm? No, no, yeah. just a, okay. a Psalm of Thanksgiving. Well, I mean, it could have been, but it wasn't, it's not in the, the uh, songs of ascent, mm-hmm. um, uh, which we won't go into, but uh, no, it's, it's just a, but I mean, could this be understood as temple courts since we're talking about? Oh, I think temple? for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, te- you know, temple and palace are the same word in Hebrew. Okay. So, I mean, temple is royal. Uh, it just in its, yeah. in its concept, God mm-hmm. is king, mm-hmm. which, and, and I was thinking primarily in terms of king because 90 to 100 are so laden with God yeah. is king language. Right. I mean, 93 well, to 99 use that. It's Christ is king Sunday. So. It is. That's a good point. So I, good one. So we should have gotten Yahweh Malak Psalms, 99 or 98, 97, 96, 95. 93, yeah. all of those are Yahweh Malak, the Lord reigns, yeah. the Lord is king. It's a, re- you know, it's a recent holiday. <laughs> actually, it's probably would, not. 1925. Okay, that's when probably. the Pope the <laughs> made it Christ it. the king. And it was. Wait a minute, you know about Christ the I king? I just Sunday? looked it up and go, what is Christ the king Sunday about? Wow. The title helps, but um, there's hints in the title. Yeah. But <laughs> it's recent. And I think it was located somewhere else in the year and they moved it till to the end of the year. Uh, Common time. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> that's exhausting. Your knowledge. liturgical knowledge there. Are we <laughs> yeah, out now? Yeah. Well, the last thing we want to do is call our liturgical friend. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> Who's the, so, wait a minute. That means that officially we're coming up on exactly a year since we last had a guest on this podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> since he was on our first show and we never had another that's guest right, we never after had that. <laughs> <laughs> so, hmm. Connection? I you don't decide. Know. Could just be a coincidence. You could go back and listen and figure it out. Could be a coincidence. <laughs> oh, we started locking the door. <laughs> Reading in Church is proud to partner with Audible.com. For you, the listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Surely you can find something interesting in all of that. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash reading in church for your free audiobook. Go there today. Well, are you ready to look at Ephesians? Yeah. Let yeah. us do and that. And hey, um Yes. Maybe you can capture the nuance of this. Yes. When you, every time you read the word power, uh-huh. literally dunamis. Yes. It's, Paul literally means dynamite. Okay. <laughs> and if you could just read it that way. <laughs> In fact, if you could read it like Jimmy Walker, you says, know what? If you could get me a <laughs> kid dynamite, a translation that would preserve that, so I don't have to do that on my feet, I'd be happy. I to, will but... hum the good times song while okay. you read that temporary well, layoff. Well, you know what? Maybe I will just read it as it's written. How about Easy that? Credit just credit ripoff. Just for good time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now all I can hear is my that yeah, list that. of uh, that would be rem- memorable. That list of songs, <laughs> that website that has the songs with the wrong heard lyrics. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I think slow, it's called Say What. I think say, that's the name of it. Slow Motion Walter, <laughs> slow the motion fire walk. engine guy. Yeah. 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 So I'm just saying it might be effective. It could be. Well, I'm not going to do it. Ephesians okay. one fifteen to twenty three. 
I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to to the working of his great power. That's really quite a sentence, even in English. Mm -hmm. As I understand it, the whole chapter is three sentences in Greek. Um, God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, (laughs) and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Yeah. Paul's good prayer. Yeah, this is, yeah. This is a good prayer. I wouldn't call on him in uh, like Thanksgiving or something because you sure, it'd be a while. It'd, cold. it'd be a while. But I will say that that fact that Ephesians is three sentences in Greek was a fact that I tried often whenever I need out of a situation. Um, I don't know if you remember the Seinfeld episode that maybe the dingoes ate your baby. For me, this is the biblical version. You know, oh. Ephesians is just three sentences oh, in the original in. Greek. Yeah. Just drop that in. There was, there was a woman <laughs> at a church where Cindy, and I, she's never going to listen to this podcast. Um, she may be dead by now. But she was one of those sort of uh, gossipy uh, busybodies <laughs> that is trying to just loves to sow problems. And okay. she saw me in the grocery store. <laughs> And I was the I was the spouse of the minister. I wasn't the minister, oh, so that okay. you know she reels you in, oh, right? Boy. Oh, and yeah. man, that is, that is such a tricky situation. I was doing everything I could to give the nonverbal <laughs> clues. I was putting chips in my basket. I I just kept putting stuff in, like well, you know, I ended up with all these bags of chips and started I, eating them. I mean, I was I I told Cindy, I said, look, honest to goodness, I was just moments away from thinking, well, I'm just going to pee myself and go, whoop whoop whoop. <laughs> oh, Would you look at that? Oh. I've got to go. I'm sorry. It was terrible. But I, I literally did at did one point. That? I did. At one point, she was doing something about the Bible studies and, you know, and now he's doing this in Ephesians. And I said, hey, did you oh, know? Ephesians. Did you know yes. that the yes. Ephesians in chapter one Fair is three enough. sentences Fair in enough. Greek? Yeah. And she looked at me and blinked and then she just kept going. I was like, dang it. I really <laughs> thought that was going to work, no, but it didn't. So. No. I don't even know how I escaped from that. It's a wonder I'm not still there talking to her because she just kept on uh, going. We have people like that in our lives. She just backed me up. So so anyway, if you'd like that, that's just a trick. That's a thing. It didn't work with me, but it might work with others. I don't know. They I just think we got one in Luke. I think Luke 1 to 4 it. is one, one sentence. So right, yeah, we can do that. Luke but, 1, 1 to 4 is one sentence. Yeah. But come on, well, whole chapter being just three? Well, I mean, there's not a whole chapter, but... Ephesians 1, no. I mean, Ephesians 1 in Greek, oh, the, whole... the whole chapter in oh. Greek is just three sentences hmm. I have you know, heard. I, I'm looking at my pile of Bibles. I, th- I think I took my Greek... The Greek is not there. The Greek went home. Yeah. 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 Well, for your devotion. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's be it. Yeah. yeah. So... So I need to bring it back. All yeah, right. So, but so... that was what I wanted to say about it, but I feel like I've pretty well wrapped it up, but you might be able to well, add some thoughts. How many... Yeah, it's... Several, several sentences. In English, here. it's still, still just... Still pretty long. The long. I mean, these are long sentences in English, much still less... Long. Yeah, he's... Verse it, it, 17 doesn't end until 21. No, wait, there it is, 19. Yeah. So it's four, this, this section is four sentences. Yeah, it, it's, high, it's highfalutin Greek. It, it really is. Um, and, you know, Luke does that for, for four verses, and then he shifts into very simple, um, you know, um, Septuagint Greek, which is from the historical books, which is pretty short. 
he's evoking something. But here's a prayer, and like we said about many of his prayers, he's giving hints about what's going coming up. You know, it's kind of a table of contents, and they say this is his most audacious prayer in any of his uh-huh. letters. Audacious, okay. yeah. It's okay. like it's it's so it's so encompassing. It's so uh, I mean, he normally ramps up the prayer portion of a letter, mm-hmm. but he's really he's outdoing himself in this one, and um, so giving remembrance. Uh, um, that's something he commonly says. Right. A little bit, some people suggest for a number of Paul's letters that maybe he didn't write this one. This is one. It's a little bit of distance here. I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and, yeah, and love toward all the saints. three years at yeah. Ephesus. He yeah. should have well, done more than hear about it. Might have heard of that during the two or three years I was there. Yeah, so that has a sense of distance, um, unless this is a circular letter, which is sent to... Um, well, literally in Asia Minor, there's a circular road. You 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 hear those churches mentioned in Revelation, and, and the order you encounter them, if you were going clockwise on a sundial, it would be uh, the order that you encounter them in in Revelation. They begin in Ephesus, the port city, the most prominent city. Mm-hmm. So it could have been going to more than one. Well, there is no—I know the earliest manuscripts don't have yeah, a, a, don't a, have reception, a right. receiving city, right? Yeah, yeah. That, there's manuscripts without the name, so— could be circular. Um, As I recall, uh, Marcion's manuscripts said it was Laodicea, had this letter to the Laodiceans. Um, yeah, and, right. And then at the end of Colossians, he says, make sure and read my letter to the Laodiceans, mm-hmm. um, which I always joke with the students that Paul thought a lot of that letter, but apparently God yeah. didn't because we don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's this. Unless yeah. it's this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of overlap between Colossians and, and Ephesians or, or um, there's... There's a ramping up. In fact, there's a lot of it's an interesting overlap in his prayer. Is it his prayer? He talks about Christ as the fullness of all things, mm-hmm. but he's really focused on the Christology in in uh, Colossians. Colossians. Here, yeah. it's the, the extension to the identity of the church, oh, okay. the bo- his body. Yeah. So the emphasis falls different, but but um, things are ramped up here. A lot of the similar theology, and, and this is themes that are addressed in Colossians are. The the emphasis ends more on the church, building mm-hmm. up the church, mm-hmm. and so it's interesting. Ephesus um, is, you know, because it has this distance, it doesn't have a lot of particularity to it. Mm-hmm. And, it really does work well as a general letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This and, is who Paul is, and so you don't hear about a lot of the faults of the church. It's a very idealized picture of the church. In fact, we just went through Ephesians. Going through, I mean, we spent a. A day, a day, and by a day I mean an hour and fifteen minutes, right? On Ephesians, and so we did a made them read it, made them read the chapter, made them read Ephesians. But mm-hmm. then I said, try to find something to help them pull things together, and so I had them uh, make an advertisement for the church. Oh not, yeah, not the church at Ephesus, but the but the universal church is Capital what he's talking C. about. Yeah, yeah. and um, because it's very positive, it's very idealized. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just. Uh, uh, announcing all the incredible achievements, and uh, that's you know it's something a student could yeah obviously right. bombarded with thousands and thousands of of ads. So that was an interesting experience. And I said, I want you to do this with being mindful of the test because I might have a question on this. I haven't read the test yet. I'll see how this yeah. <laughs> whether this worked or not. I've been using the assignment for a long time, and people do very good with the assignment, pulling together things from from Ephesians. But I'm more explicit about it, like and and remember this for the test. So we'll see. Right. But yeah, it's a very positive. Um, I thought you were going to lead up to a really good advertisement, but you didn't. You just uh, wanted to talk about the assignment. Was oh, there a really good one? I've got some good ones. Yeah, I got some good ones. I didn't. Sometimes I post them. I didn't post them this year. Oh, okay, I was, I was just curious. Been so busy. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's like it's pretty much like everything is awesome, you know. Yeah, like right. that song. It's uh, it's yeah, everything's uh, everything, everything's awesome. Although always, when someone is saying that, they might have a reason for saying that. And right. It might be that things aren't all aren't awesome quite as awesome as and, they come off. And uh, in Ephesus, you're you're a tiny minority in the, and you've got you're in the, you're living in the shade of the um, the temple, you know, mm-hmm. the temple of Artemis, the temple of Diana, and mm-hmm. it's very religious city. Uh, it's a very, um, ostensibly, yeah, ostensibly, <laughs> but I think, I think all of, oh, I think all of the Greco-Roman world kind of lives under the, uh, the fear of the spiritual realm, the powers uh, that, that mm-hmm. aren't perceived. And mm-hmm. so I think it's more obvious when Paul gets there in Acts, you know, yeah. and he's encountering magicians and sorcerers and mm-hmm. there's a, he said there's a, uh, there's a revival because there's a bonfire and people are burning stuff. Um, but I think that's true everywhere, but maybe no more, more pronounced than Ephesus. So this building up the church, I was thinking about it that way this week, this building up the church, like that's the kind of thing you need. Right. Um, when, when you read the book of Revelation and Ephesus is the most prominent city addressed amongst those and, and John's associated in tradition with Ephesus, that, um, you get this the letters to the churches that are very much like, here's what the problem is. Here's the, right. his fingers on but then you you transition to this being caught up in the heaven four and five, and then it's a very idealized picture of the church. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. no, it's not uh, not warts and all. It's like here's what you need to lay hold of. Yeah, you know? is... So you get both in something like Revelation. Here you get the idealized portrait, probably because they're experiencing the kind of uh, persecution and and uh, difficult things it would be for a church in a in a context like that. So mm. it's a significant city, one of the most significant cities, I'd say, other than. Jerusalem in the New Testament. Yeah. In that it, it, from the from the biblical perspective. From how it shows up in the New Testament. Right, right. You have So where I was saying Shechem was the second most important yeah. city in the Old Testament. Yeah, Ephesus I would say Ephesus is the second most yeah. important city in the Rome New Testament. Rome is obviously important in that social world, but Ephesus keeps showing up again and again. This letter um, Well, you say Ephesus provides that model for us to understand the temple riot in Acts. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's prominent in Acts. It's yeah. a turning point for Paul. The letter of Ephesians, uh, John is associated, with, so it's mm-hmm. associated with John, maybe first, second, third John, certainly, comes and also in Revelation. Revelation. Yeah. So it's like, wow, that's uh, that is true. Very significant. And he's writing. Let's see. I think he might be writing Corinthians from Ephesus. Okay. Okay. So it's just like, wow, this is pretty significant, and that's the longest place Paul ever ministered. Right. So probably a reason for that. And yet he didn't take any money from them, like he does. I, you don't hear about it. That's you don't hear about it. No, no. You really love Philippi. He spent three yeah. years at Ephesus. Sure do love Philippi. Although the silversmiths <laughs> thought he was taking money from them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but in they thoughts. thought that was different. Not in a good way. Yeah. yeah. So this is just an amazing, exalted prayer. They pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, mm-hmm. may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, a lot of it is praying for knowledge at the beginning mm-hmm. so that you'll grasp. He's praying that you can grasp the riches in Christ, and then he's going to unpack that in, in the certainly the rest of the first half. Okay. And then how you live that out and lay hold of that in your life in the second half of the, of the, uh, of the letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power, literally, dynamite, <laughs> for us who believe? I'm making fun of that because there wasn't dynamite in that time. If you if you check the history books, that seems right. Uh, nor there was there a sitcom called Good Times. So yes, know. there was Good Times back then. Really? Not back then. Yeah, no. not back then. <laughs> yeah, this is before the before the 70s. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Um, for us who believe, according to the working of his great power. It's amazing how many times power shows up there. I did, I did, I looked it up in the concordance. It's a lot. And the fact that I realized, I got sidetracked. It's like, wow, power shows up a lot more throughout the New Testament than I realized. It's consistently from, from, from the Gospels through, through Revelation. I never really stopped and thought, like, what's all entailed in that? Well, you, when you realize that Christianity took hold most with those without well, yeah. power. Yeah. This might be a message they mm-hmm. need to hear mm-hmm. uh, is one yeah. of power. Yeah. Um, Cause these, you know, it's the women, it's the slaves, mm-hmm. it's, it's the marginalized mm-hmm. who, for whom Christianity was the, the deepest felt, I think. And, right. And so, absolutely. So power, power, power and power, dominion. Power. And it's typically tied to resurrection. power. Okay. Resurrection is mm-hmm. a good example of power. Yeah, I would think. It's kind of like uh, the guy. He's at the the uh, the party, and the guys are talking about himself. They say, "I walked on the moon." You know, yeah, right? There's a small number of astronauts. Like that's kind of the end of the conversation of, of boasting. What kind of power? Well, it kind of raises people from the dead. Yeah, that's. You know? Yeah. So this is. Oh, I have one more question. Yeah. Um, not only in this age, but in the age to come. This is interesting to me uh, because twelve. Uh, yeah, I mean, verse twenty-one. Yeah, mm-hmm. because. Obviously, that's apocalyptic uh, imagery, ages, two ages, you know, this now, this age, that age. And yet, on the one hand, I was always under the impression that Christ's resurrection ushers in the new age, and yet this is an age, This, you know what I'm saying? That the kingdom of Let's heaven... See. What is he saying here? Well, that... Uh, not only in this age, but in the also in the age to come. <laughs> Let's, see. Let's put it in context. Blah, blah, blah. No, it's the same thing you just quoted. Okay. Se- I was going to say, second half... Many people understand the first half about um, knowledge. The second half is about hope. So let's okay. look at this and see if that's true. God put the power... <laughs> not that I haven't already done that, clearly. Who <laughs> would show up, not prepared? Uh, God put <laughs> his power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and yes. seated him at his right hand Correct. in the heavenly places. I'm going to get back to that in a second. All right. For above all, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named. See, you're, yada, only... you're yada yada yadaing it too. Don't don't make fun of me. <laughs> no, I <laughs> just a, I, uh, every not, every name, age, uh, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. I said it fast, but I did. I was, was registered. <laughs> okay. So your question is what? How you divide the ages? Because I was under the impression that resurrection starts the new age, ah, ah, and yeah. the mm-hmm. the. Mm-hmm. The previous yeah. not resurrected Jesus was the old age, and yet this would seem to be mm. that we're in an age looking forward to an age that we're not. It's messy because this age overlaps with the, the last age. <laughs> I see. There's not a clear break. Yeah. There's not like a counting down for no, the years. No, that's what surprised people. It's like uh, God didn't wait for the end of this age. To start the new age. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the powers of the age to come have broken into our world. And okay. we see them at work in Jesus' ministry, and we see them at work in the resurrection. So then he has authority and power and dominion over this age and the age to come, which is yeah. also right which now. Which will be with all that stuff that and then. you have gates and walls to keep out. That's going to be vanquished. That's all going to come to an end. So there's going to be an end to this age. Right. It just hasn't had. God didn't wait for that. But we didn't wait to that to introduce yeah. the new age, yeah. which we're also yeah. currently yeah. in. That makes sense of that makes sense of the Bible, the New Testament, when you realize, uh, oh, over that against the two apocalyptic ages expectation— the two-age uh, apocalyptic thinking, this one overlaps. This one, the, that breaks in early oh. and in, a, in a mysterious way. Some of which is like quite evident in Jesus' ministry, and some of which is illustrated by, and the, and the power of that age to come, the kingdom of God, it's like a mustard seed. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, what? Yeah. <laughs> How's God at work? How did okay. God break so in? On the one hand, we've got resurrection breaking in, uh-huh. and on the other hand, we've got the mustard seed that's... Yeah. 
not quite grown yet. Yeah. And full blossom. Okay. Well, that helps a lot. Yeah. It's real. I don't know if I mentioned this. So these two Vin, these two ages are a Venn diagram of which we're living in the middle right yes, now. Yes, exactly. It's what it is. What it is, as I said, <laughs> good times. <laughs> I just um, used a math. I just used a math <laughs> illustration to explain well, the Bible. When we talk about much. this in New Testament, we're talking about. I gotta usually have an illustration of the overlap of the kingdom of the ages on the board, and then we look at uh, this healing within a healing in Mark. Where is it? Yeah, with the woman, the woman with the with bleeding the, condition it, on the yeah. way to Jairus' daughter. Yeah, right. The A B B A stories. And that's of Mark. a that's a um, a healing, but Jesus stops to make. This woman who's been physically whole already, she he restores her socially. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was a secret healing. She did it surreptitiously. Yes, and then it became made public. Okay, Jesus is on his way to heal uh, a young um, woman, daughter, woman. woman. Right. She's on the verge of of her uh, becoming a woman at twelve in that society, and um, she dies. Right, possibly because of this delay. Right, and. That is something that started very publicly with the Father throwing himself at the feet of Jesus and increasingly becomes secretive to the point where, oh, she's died already. Everyone gets pushed out. It's just Jesus' inner circle and the parents. He resurrects her, and he says, it's a secret. Keep this a secret. So it's an interesting tension between how the kingdom comes. Like Mm. There are these very obvious powers at work with the beginning and then breaking into the kingdom with Jesus. Things like guessing out demons, healing people. Yeah resurrecting someone from the dead. There's these other things that Jesus spends more time on, these less perceptible uh, aspects of the kingdom, like being restored your status, taking your shame away, mm-hmm. being restored to your community. And usually these more flashy ones, the more traditional sort of signs of the inbreaking of the age, are the backdrop for these other things he's going to make the point about. Mm-hmm. And then that story, it's very much an interesting balance and tension between here's a secretive sort of social restoration of this woman becomes made public, and then here's this kind of Quintessential apocalyptic expectation resurrection. That's a secret. It's like that's such an awesome clever. That's such an awesome little sandwich. And see, when I first taught that, I had the thing on the board, and we're going through this text, and a freshman woman, a young lady, says, This is an excellent illustration of the diagram. And I had not (laughs) actually connected the two. Oh I go. I was just kind of blown away. This is someone who's just reading through the New Testament for the first time. Yeah. And they go, and I go, that is the best illustration of that I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I still use that one. It just happened that we were working through those things on the same day. Wow. And it was still on the board. Uh, and I go, that is, I've never seen that quite connected or brought forth that clearly in any commentary I've seen. But so I the, think that is the best illustration of that so tension. The, that tension of The mysterious this inbreaking of the kingdom in this overlap of the ages. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Surprising what happens when you just read the Bible. It is. <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, when you read the Bible well, yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It right. absolutely is. That's yeah, amazing. I uh, give her credit. Where you, sometimes we're always tempted, like, I'm going to take that for myself. <laughs> um, you wanted to talk about God put the power to work in Christ yeah, when he raised him from the dead and yeah, seated him at the right hand. This is very confessional language. Um, I won't read these, but you'll find this kind of language in, in the preaching of Acts 3, Acts 13, Romans 10, 1 Thessalonians 1, 10. We might have read that. And there's echoes of Psalm 110 about yeah, putting the, you know, the lordship of Jesus, right. David, Davidic sort of king-like figure. I think what he's doing here, and I just, just thinking through it uh, briefly uh, reading last night, is that he's taking that very confessional language and applying it to the, the, uh, the concerns of the Ephesians and that these, this language of the powers mm-hmm. and the, uh, 
they're kind of well-populated and diagrammed um, spiritual realm, yeah. like apocalyptic does. Well, Gentiles had that too. And a lot of magic and sorcery is the manipulation of those powers that you're in fear of right. to keep you safe and things like that. Right. So he's taking this, I believe he's taking confessional language and he's, and he's clothing it in, in culturally appropriate language of him defeating the powers. Defeating the powers. And, and I think, since this is kind of unique to a, a couple of Paul's letters, is this in Colossians too? I forget that this is probably appropriate for this context. I don't know that this is central for understanding Paul. Okay. Certainly Jesus being raised as Lord. Right. Okay. Christ as king is central. Yes. But you can preach that different ways in different contexts. Right. I tend to think I think I think very uh, elaborate theologies of the powers. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard, encountered these. Not a lot. I tend to think that that might be not the secret password into Paul. <laughs> okay. But it is a, an appropriate cultural preaching of the the foundation, you know, the mm-hmm. good news, the resurrection, mm-hmm. and the in the exaltation, the ascension and enthronement language. That resurrection is. But Jesus, whatever you know, whatever's troubling you guys in your world, Jesus has been exalted far above that, and will be. Well, his, and we've said under his feet already that for Paul, as as a first century um, Jew, the only people resurrected are the righteous, mm. and in his mind, unless a resurrected it's like to judgment or something. well, unless it's to judgment, yeah, sure. Yeah. But the, the resurrection, resurrected Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean that 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 is the secret to all of Paul's thinking in yeah. so many ways. You yeah. Know, that he felt. How do you, you know, grapple with that? How is that this this person yeah. who's supposedly cursed and and shamed on a on a cross? cross. How is that? How's the he Messiah? resurrected? Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. That Christ crucified mm-hmm. is that oxymoron that yeah. that he's wrestling mm-hmm. with. You yeah. were talking about the defeat of the powers of this, you know, the authority and the power and the dominion above every name. Mm-hmm. And immediately I thought of our colleague who studies medieval history and mm-hmm. talking about Christian missionaries having to deal with the elf problem in uh, <laughs> in Europe. That, yeah. that <laughs> the this, there's a huge elf issue. You know, the yeah. elves will go yeah. kill your crops. Right? The elves sneak in and make you give you diseases. The elves <laughs> yeah. come in your house. This is why you have to put a big evergreen tree to, in your house. <laughs> we thought you were cursed by a gypsy, but modern science tells us there's an elf <laughs> there's living an in elf your stomach. <laughs> and so, you know, the, this wonderful story of these Christian missionaries that show up <laughs> trying to witness to these people and, and they, you know, they talk about the power of Christ and everything and the people respond with, well, does this Jesus, can he, can he yeah. do something about the elves? That's all, that's all well and good, but what about... What about the elf <laughs> issues? Can he do anything about the elves? And the missionaries are like, uh, yeah, totally. sure, totally. absolutely. We've got, we got a prayer for that. And, <laughs> and this great story of these two nearby parishes that got into this huge fight because they found out that each of their priests were driving the elves into the opposite fields of each other's fields. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I, I think I've heard that story. It's a great one. So you just wonder, you know, be careful with what you do, this power that Christ gives, because yeah. the elves will, <laughs> the elves will get you. I mean, that's why you put the tree up in the, in the house to make, keep the elves away and, and leave offerings out. I've never uh-huh. trusted that Travelocity elf. Yeah. It's scary. Or I mean, elves. Elves are dangerous. Elves are dangerous. Dangerous. So anyway, yeah. I just, that's, that's the kind of power we're talking yeah, about, right? The power to all, throw the elves out of the field. Yeah, sure. Fill in, fill in the blank after all. Gotcha. And, and put all things under his feet. <laughs> Made him head over all things. So yeah, probably the only word repeated more than power. Is all. Is all. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a pretty powerful. You know, that's the quintessential you know, you throw down powers. Like, well, he raised someone from the dead. Yeah, the Colossians. I know Colossians one twenty talks about all things being redeemed. Here you have all things under his feet. Is there a 
I don't know. Is there is there a sort of notion of all things being redeemed in Ephesians? I, I haven't. I mean, it's been a while since I've looked at that. I mean, is is that hmm. implied in these all things are placed under him that he is now authority over them and has head over them? I don't know. That's I'm I don't just know. curious. Yeah, because I know Colossians one twenty. You know, this is the argument you make for all dogs go to heaven, right? All things yeah. have been redeemed yeah. well, yeah. in Colossians one twenty. Well, it is much more. As I said, it's much. The emphasis falls more on Christ encompassing uh, authority okay. here. I don't know if you noticed okay. the church got thrown in there. Yeah, the church and he has is put in all there. things for under his feet and made him the head over all things for the church. For the church, you know, that's a little bit. That's uh, I think that's it's a little bit more ambiguous yeah. than that. Uh, as we will get into it, I think he's going to emphasize how the church is his body, which right. he says is the fullness of all things. That emphasis is not in in Colossians. Okay. I okay. think it, uh, I was reading this in a different translation. translation. Yeah, because there's more debate about what does that mean. Because there's more, these are ironing out, it raised some issues. What, what do you mean? Is what fills all things Christ or is what fills all things the church? Right. Well, it's something to do sure, with the, the identity. Sure, the answer is yes, yes of the course. The answer is yes, but right. people argue about it. And sometimes translation committees eliminate problematic ambiguities, which I think they've done here. So oh, okay. need to go back and look at that. See, if I have the ability to preserve the ambiguity as a translator, yeah, you need to preserve the you ambiguity, know what don't it, you? The problem is it's committees. Okay. Committees, they're not they good with like nuance. The, really? They're not. See, I I think you have to, right? That's the beauty of the I message. Mean, if the passage is ambiguous, on it, it purpose, might be that Eugene Peterson is a genius, or he's just not working with a committee. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone can do a lot better than a committee. You know, that's one of the things I tell the students: is that yeah, okay, a committee's good because they there's there's some protections there that can catch those issues. But yeah. on the other hand, there's a flavor oh of an my. individual's translation yeah. that just doesn't come through in a committee. Yeah, let's vote. Okay, we're going to go with gray <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Unless gray means ambiguity, then we're not going to do that. Then we're not going to do the gray. Yeah. Well, can we go to one of the greatest passages in Matthew? Okay. I love Matthew oh, 25. Good. Well, I'll let you talk about that. Well, I don't want to talk okay. about it because I'll get it wrong, I found out. But right. Matthew 25, 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. Secretly. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, it didn't take long. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Notice goats, not pigs. I think that's significant. These are <laughs> these are kosher animals. Okay. both of okay. which. Yeah. You know, so all right. The, when you're reading this, the person who's reading this is not instantly going to go, "Oh, goats." But you don't herd pigs and sheep together. Well, well, of course not in Israel. You don't. No, of course not. <laughs> Is anywhere? I don't think anywhere. No, I don't think. But no. but you don't separate. It would it wouldn't be hard to separate sheep from pigs, muddy, but muddy goats during. Anyway. Oh, those are pigs. <laughs> and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left, both places of honor. Uh, then left is left place of honor. Well, I mean, it's not shame. It's 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 it's, it's more it, negative. It will be. Oh, yes, yes. Right is high is higher honor, yeah. but yeah, but it's not like. I mean, the disciples were fighting over who got to be at his right and left. It wasn't like one of them was saying who gets to be good and who gets to be bad. Well, yeah. So they're both. Yeah. Yeah. It's not instantly Proximity's thought of as, good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then the king. <laughs> we're we're going to sail <laughs> this, through this. This is going to take a while. I can see that now. We're already over. <laughs> then the king will say to those at his right hand, come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked. You gave me clothing. I was sick. You took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to sheep? What? Then, Lord, when was it we saw you hungry and gave you food 
hunger thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer, truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Well, that's an interesting... Anyway, then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, well, didn't see that coming, mm. depart from me into the eternal the fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That's not just the outer darkness. That's gotten worse. That sounds worse. It's worse than that. <laughs> for I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger. You did not welcome me naked. You did not give me clothing, sick and in prison. You did not visit me. Then they will answer, Lord, when was it we saw you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly, I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And those, these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Hmm. Yep. So what, what do you love about this? Well, I don't know what I love about this. This is just this, this reinforcing notion that what it is to show love of God is exactly the same as showing (laughs) love of neighbor. I mean, that that's how you, that's. That's the same, these things. It's not that there's the spiritual. I mean, I just got into a conversation this week with a friend about the, you know, the spiritual and the secular are not separate. I mean, there's no, no. So- concept of that. There's no, this is my spiritual life. And this, this is, no, you are reflecting the way in which you love God by the way in which you love mm-hmm. neighbor. That's, yeah. that's it. And that to me is, that's neat. I mean, the implications of that are vast, but yeah. I think that's important. Absolutely. Um, I so- saw a post and this is a good friend, so it's not... <laughs> Ultimately, critique. I was going to engage in. I saw a post on Facebook, and someone said, uh, "You can keep your politics. Just give me Jesus." Oh, go, oh that is such a false oh, dichotomy. Yeah. <laughs> now I could say you can keep your partisanship. Just give me Jesus. Yeah, I'm oh, cool sure. with that. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's impossible to live in a in a body and not be political. That's what the yeah. word in politics is. How we do things together. Yeah. That's what that word life means. T- life together. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Keep your politics. I just, I'm about community. I'm a, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. That makes, okay, sure. I get it. No, I don't get it. Yeah. So that's what I like about yeah. this, is that, that that's reinforcing right. of the greatest commandment mm-hmm. um, to me yeah. is the big deal. It is. It is a big deal. Um, but what do you uh, want to say about it? Because I'm the Old Testament guy. Well, this is, <laughs> this is the last of five sermons. Mm-hmm. They all end with some sort of judgment and and or this apocalyptic the the theme. This is the most intense. And what's interesting about this, I think, usually, I think usually the emphasis is on the emphasis on how the how the disciples should live. And I think that's still here. I don't think that's the primary thing here. I think uh, after all the the very very strong exhortation that the church gets in Matthew. Mm-hmm surprisingly at the end and it's like well i wonder how he's going to end this sermon you know everybody's looking at each other wink wink we know he's always going to end with judgment well here's the the world's going to be judged based on how how they treat christians this is describing the christians yeah and i was wondering if you're going to bring that up because no one ever talks about it like that you know what i i i thought it was kind of unique but i'm finding it more and more in in commentaries yeah that's good this is the language uh it's not so much least of these, but it is um, these little ones, you know, is the mm-hmm. way that... The... Well, it's the least of these members of my family, mm-hmm. he says in this translation, yeah. which I think yeah. is and, and, and what telling. I'm saying is that I, am, I think I've said off the cuff that like least of these is the way that uh, that Jesus refers to the community of, right. of Christians in, in Matthew. But it, he, I don't think he actually uses that term. He uses uh, the little ones, if you offend these little ones. Okay. And that shows up. You know, 18 is all about the community mm-hmm. and how how do you live together. 
And uh, if you offend one of these little ones, it'd be better that a millstone is hung around your neck and you're thrown in the deep. So little ones is a, a language that's very, you know, it's, it's synonymous with this kind of yeah. language. And it's, it's how, I think it's very encouraging for Christians to realize the importance. It gives importance to them. Yeah. It also, if they pay attention, they go, oh yeah, you're also the kind of people who end up sick and naked and mm-hmm. in prison. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Which is the lot often of a oh. follower of Jesus. Right. The one who died is a criminal. Right. Um, and that's a, tr- you know, Jesus' story is tragic with an amazing epilogue. Right. But it's a tragedy to the eyes of the world. Right. And it's all turned around by, you know, that creedal of God raised him from the dead and exalted him. Is this the sort of the equivalent of what Luke was doing with the sword language of the biosword, that, that notion of sword being persecution in Luke? That, mm. that, you know, before you were welcome, but now when you go, yeah. you're going to be yeah. persecuted. Here it's, so. you know, now you guys are going to be hungry and thirsty and mm-hmm. in prison and beaten. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is this list. Sounds I mean, like Paul. Exactly yeah. where I was going. <laughs> Sounds this like Paul's resume. Exactly the way Paul reads his resume. Mm-hmm. I was hungry. I was thirsty. Yeah. I've been in yeah. prison. I've been beaten. I float been, in the yeah. sea. Yeah. That's not there. But. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I've been naked. I've been, yeah. I mean, he's been. Stoned. and Exactly. I mean, that and... is the list that he gives. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that resonates with what you're saying yeah. about this being. Being dis- that the least of these is actually description of the the faithful, the church. Yeah, disciples. Um, the disciples. These are disciples who are the least. Yeah, but but be of good cheer. You know, little flock. Uh, of horrors. No, that's different. You're gonna, shop of horrors. I'm sorry. Gonna, <laughs> gonna uh, this your your how people treat you is how uh, the basis on which I judge the world. Now that is saying also saying what you find when they're sent out is mm-hmm. that people who receive you receive the message. Right. Uh, to receive you, to extend hospitality to you, is is what Jesus is talking about. People who are hospitable or not hospitable and extending honor and, yeah. and, and concrete <laughs> needs, tangible things to provide for people. Um, is, is this uh, wheat and tares and good fish, bad fish, sheep and goats? Hmm. Oh gosh, we've been in Matthew a whole year. We have. Yeah. I think back about this. <laughs> I mean, cause yeah, yeah, it, it, cause Kinda, yeah, it on, is, huh? on one level, it's the same. Kind. These are people in yeah. the congregation who are not being hospitable to. This is that sorting out. Although, yeah, you know, in, in that sorting. parable, you know, the, the wheat are the, are the faithful in the community and the tares are those. Who are in the community, but aren't faithful. Yeah. They look, they look like it, but they're not. Yeah. They get consumed at yeah. the end. Yeah. So I mean, this is the same. These are the same same message in Matthew, isn't it? Well, I think what here we have three groups. We have, which is interesting. You have there's three kinds of people in this world. Yeah, no, the, you wait, know, in this church. Of, yeah, there's three kinds of people in this and church. Goats, and then these people who are in prison and naked and hungry. Well, <laughs> what you have are, I think you have, in a sense, you have non Christians, sheep and goats. Okay. Who are being judged based on how they receive Christians. And I think that's oh. to receive to receive the Christian is to receive the Christian Christian missionaries, people who are faithful disciples who are who are living out and okay. preaching this gospel, and are treated this way because of that, largely by the world. Um, those who receive them receive mm-hmm. them is to you know to to welcome them and. Okay, hold on a second. All right, let me make sure I'm following you. Okay, <laughs> check up. What I hear you saying <laughs> is. <laughs> That the sheep and the goats are not the church. Nope. The sheep there's and the goats. Gro- there's three groups here. And people and always the talk church about... are only the least of these. Yeah. So the sheep and the goats are 
everybody, the nations. Mm-hmm. Well, he does say that, doesn't yep. he? The <laughs> <Yeah>. nations. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm starting to put this together. <laughs> so you're, so this is so, kind of lining up with what Jesus is saying <laughs> in this passage. Hold on a second here. <laughs> this is starting to look textual, and that's disorienting. Okay, so the sheep and the goat are the nations, yes. and then the individuals who receive the mess, the church. Mm-hmm. They are the ones who are who are who are feeding and taking. They're yeah. the ones who also. That means they have received the faith and are now part of the church. That's an implication there, I think. And the ones who don't are the ones who meet judgment. Yeah. So the goats are not the faithful. They're not then the tares. No, are they? no. Uh-uh. That's why the I was making the, the distinction. In the wheat tares, it's, it's it's they're the, in the church, the, the community, and false false brethren, false disciples versus real. So disciples. this is not a warning. Well, this is real hmm. disciples and everyone else. Real disciples who are in prison, sick, hungry, thirsty, mm-hmm. and everyone else and how they treat those real disciples. Yeah. And if they receive the message, which means to take care of those those real disciples, mm-hmm. that's the same as taking care mm-hmm. of Jesus. And that, the, the language of reception is is hospitality. It's all these kinds of things he's talking about, mm-hmm. feeding, clothing, the fancy things you do to a weary traveler. Mm-hmm. Okay. And maybe where's traveler has been imprisoned. <laughs> yeah, take him out. But yeah, that's this is the this is uh, and this might be one of those places where maybe logical consistency is not uh, first and foremost in Matthew's uh, presentation, but it's it's a, here's a sh- provocative image that yeah. ooh, this final judgment, this final sermon. Uh, here's a way to really he gives value to the church. It really yeah. says something. It says something about Jesus' identity with He's identification lifting up with the, the persecuted church. here. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, it's the very basis for the the judgment. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a strong image, and I don't know that we can work that out in a very consistent way throughout throughout Matthew. I'm, you know, I'm glad I read that in that commentary last week because it's freed me to yeah to, to talk know, about the to like. I'm gonna let that sting a little bit. I'm not going to necessarily work that out systematically. We need to let that that word yeah. you know, hit us upside the head. Um. But I think it's a word of encouragement to disciples. Uh, on the other hand, you, you're, you're going to have the, this is your lot, mm-hmm. you know, to be amongst those very needy people. This is people who who bring the message. Now, I, now the first time I heard this was not in a in a big fat commentary, but a a friend who was in seminary when I was right. doing my PhD, he was doing his uh, MDiv, and he was a missionary on a Navajo reservation. Okay, and he said in his experience. It has been the weakness of the messenger that breaks down the cultural barriers. And being weakness and receiving from the outside community, being vulnerable, putting yourself in a position to Mm -hmm. become vulnerable enough to need other people's help, Mm -hmm. to need other people's provision, that breaks down The cultural barriers. That breaks down barriers to the message, breaks down cultural barriers. It's like... That's an amazing insight. That's that is an amazing. When you insight. think about all that Paul talks about his weakness and Jesus' mm-hmm. weakness, how Christ came in the foolishness of weakness of the cross, and that's where the power is. Mm-hmm. It's like wow. There's well, a lot. This there. changes everything that people do with this passage, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah. I've well, a lot of what I've heard, what people do with this passage, right? Right. Yeah. If you read it in the context of Matthew, and you're consistent with how Matthew uses this language. And I think that's how you read it. And and if you're careful, just like, wait a minute, there's not two groups, there's three groups. And right. the two groups are being judged on the basis of this this very needy group. Yeah. You know, Which are actually the Who are the Christians? Who are the messengers who bring the message? Hmm. To receive one is to receive the other. This is one of those times when 
I'm, I worry that the audience for this text is not a contemporary audience or a contemporary American audience well, yeah. um, to receive. Um, that is... Or it's hard. It's, it's hard, hard for hear. us to even hear that. Yeah. Because our starting place is that, well, certainly God would never, it would never be God's will to lead, to lead us into such tragic circumstances. Right. Well, yeah, that's true. But I'm also thinking in terms of, you know, when when Israel was in power, you needed prophetic preaching. You know, it's when, when you have kings, you need prophets. Hmm. When Israel is oppressed and in Babylon, you need apocalyptic, you hmm. need hope. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think the message of apocalyptic comes in those circumstances when individuals need that message of hope, not when they need that challenge. Yeah. And the reality is American church is in need of prophetic speech more mm-hmm. than it is in need mm-hmm. of apocalyptic. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this is thoroughly apocalyptic then. This is thoroughly, yeah. you yes. know, the church yes. is oppressed. The church right. is hungry, naked, and imprisoned. This, this is the, an ideal. The, the, according to Christ's life, this is an idealized picture of the church. Right. They're following his footsteps. They're following in Christ's foot. They look like Where Jesus. Where are you going with that cross, Jesus? You'll see. Yeah, right. <laughs> grab, grab the extra one and follow yeah, me. Prison, <laughs> hunger. You won't need those clothes. Right. <laughs> so that this is, yeah, I don't even know that this text can be heard at that point. It can be heard as a challenge to like, oh, that, where, which group are you in? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And there's three groups. Yeah. So okay, now okay, now I'm gonna I'm gonna just dis- allow me to disagree with myself. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey, that's my role in this podcast. <laughs> no, forget it. You, you missed your chance. But you know, I was I was just thinking about we're going long, folks, <laughs> this, because we're going deep. The uh, well, see now I think I've lost it. Um, okay, I just said we're going to come back to this text in two years. So are we? So, okay, well, that's spoiler alert. Three. Um, you just asked which of these which of these groups do people uh, you, identify you might, yeah, with? Yeah, I gotta say which. What, you, you ask, yeah, which group are you? The in? greatest. I mean, one of the greatest. I would call them judgmental words. The prophetic words we talked about it in Judges just a couple of weeks ago, or maybe that was last week. That at the end of the book of Judges, you cannot tell the difference between Israel mm. and mm-hmm. Sodom and Gomorrah yeah. and the rest of the right. nations. Oh, and. At the, I mean, the story is told purposely so you don't miss, right. wow, look at Israel. They look just like the rest of these. Yeah. And I think you could make the argument that oh, in this yeah. text, who does the church look like? Does the church look like the yeah. least of these or does the church look mm-hmm. like the goats? And so then it could be a prophetic word in that context. Oh, yeah. Who you're identifying yeah, with. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the evangelical church. That's who I'm thinking There of. is no way to identify anything. Anything you could study sociologically, there's no difference. Between, between the evangelical the, church and the wider populace in America, in any statistic you want to look right. at, the general American culture and the and the American evangelical church, yeah, the numbers line up exactly the in same. Every, you can't in tell every the difference, right? Marriage, right. incomes, <laughs> everything, right? You know, and that's and I guess that there's your prophetic word then, yeah, is that who who do you look like in this story, the nations or or the least of these? Yeah, you need to you need to read it and realize, oh, there's three groups, and the two groups, two of these groups are being judged by this really, uh, this one group has had this tragic history, and have you extended a hand to them or not? Have you received them? Wow. So I think it's interesting that they don't make a point, it's like, and of course, I mean, receive the message, I don't mean like actually doing this stuff. Right, (laughs) right. It's like, no, it's the same thing. There's no difference between receiving the message and actually doing this stuff, which does echo what 
Yeah. He was saying goes along with the rest of the Bible. Yeah. It sure sounds like the Bible. Mm. Well, good. Yikes. A lot of stuff left over when we get to the end. Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, (laughs) 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 Rousing endorsement. Oh, boy. Well, it's just hard, right? Uh, It is. It's a hard text and a hard word. Yes, it's hard. It's like... Well, I want to be in that group. Oh, wow. Look at that group. Look what that group endures. So the good news is the people that don't have to get involved with the problems in this world, they go off to everlasting fire. That's the good news. <laughs> the, the, the good news is if you want to be a part of the church, then it's hungry, thirsty. Well, there's really big questions we haven't even gotten to. It's like, well, wait a minute. The sheep, these people didn't know? They didn't know they're doing this to Christians? Well, no. That's a really, that's a thorny issue, right? Well, sheep and goats, again, like I said at the beginning, we don't know the, the neither of those is wicked in the mind of it's not like I said sheep yeah, and pigs, yeah. right? No, but I mean, it's not like. Well, of course the pigs weren't helping. Well, Look at them. <laughs> they said when, it's not like oh these are Christians we're receiving Christians. Right. It's like when did we see you naked, Lord? Yeah. When did we see you hungry and imprisoned? Hmm. So there's there's more interesting questions. There is there are more interesting here. questions, yeah. and I don't know if that. It is it is a gospel that is, like we said it's systematic, but it does raise interesting questions about well wow what does that what does that what are the implications of that maybe we can't tease out all the implications maybe maybe Matthew hasn't you know yeah. you're recording these provocative uh, uh, like shake you up sort of parables that Jesus teaches but but there are some <laughs> things there. that shake you up yeah well it should oh. and certainly yeah. this one's got me yeah got I me mean at the climax they have, they all ended with judgment here's the here's the this Climax the of the fifth one. There's the big one. That's oh. the big one. Yeah. Oh. And, and for context, the guy telling this parable. Yeah. You know what happened to him after this? I, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm still reading. Yeah. I'm still yeah. reading. <laughs> well, it, well, it turns out okay because he's king. He ends up okay. being king. Okay. But, but the intervening chapters. Well, you know, Jesus died for you. He died. I'm reading that book. <laughs> so yeah. anyway. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening this week. Um, hope you got shook as bad as I got wow. shook. Because um, mm. this is this is just is shaking. So yes. I hope you have a good uh, Christ, Christ the King, King Sunday. Hopefully we have uh, given you something this past year to talk yeah. about or listen to and pass some time while you're driving, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> mowing There's, your lawn. Mowing your lawn. As one of you, our faithful or, listeners or, does. Uh, cleaning windows, as another faithful listener does. So uh, hopefully that has, it's been a good year. It's been a good 52. Yes. And uh, yeah. we're going to. We're going to start year B next year. We might hit our stride next year. Yeah, I think we'll do better. Uh, I can do better. We yeah, can do better. I, I could do better. I think we can do better. <laughs> I think everybody knows that. I think they, <laughs> I think, I think they deserve better. I just better. hear a bunch of people say amen. I think I heard some amens. <laughs> so like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, send us an email at Reading in Church. Um, but most of all, uh, welcome the the sick and the hungry and mm. the thirsty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the secret here. Yeah. So, blessings. See you next year. Be there or be square.